Uh, Jack, Jack, quick moment of your time, please. How does it feel to finally discover the Villa Talks podcast? Um, best day of my life. Great, there you have it. Back to you at the studio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast, another episode of the Lockdown Lowdown. We're going to be reviewing the the 4-3 loss against Southampton yesterday. Um, a frustrating game, really. Uh, quite an annoying game, given how it played out. Uh, a game of two halves. Uh, cliche, I know, but that's what it was. Uh, we're getting the thoughts of uh, the regulars, Chadzi and Jugsy today, and see what they thought of the match. Uh, and look at some sort of look at a detailed look at the match really and, and see see what went wrong and what went right and uh, how we move forward from here before we start and go into a little bit of detail about the match just want to get your thoughts on the on the game really Jugsy what what did you think overall about the game and the performance yeah I think um, it was like Villa of old in terms of how we were last season where we were just a bit naive I thought I mean we played well um, but Southampton took their chances with the set pieces and we gave away some silly free kicks and yeah, the first half just killed us really because to come back from three goals is always going to be pretty tough. But yeah, we played well, got back ourselves, got ourselves back into the game, um, looked probably the most dangerous side from sort of open play. But yeah, overall, it was pretty frustrating to come away from that game with nothing at all, having scored three goals and pretty much dominated in terms of creating chances. It just shows that the quality of this league um, you've got to be on it in terms of every aspect and that is key to this and I would say Southampton are they a better side than us not really I wouldn't say I'd say that they're just better drilled and of better organised of yeah. course they're a better side than us why because yeah well, I'm talking about player for player in terms of quality here I think we are we've got a good 11 and our 11 player for player is probably better than theirs but they're a better side in terms of being well drilled knowing their 4-4-2 formation and playing to their strengths and they've they've been a bit of a bogey team for us um, they beat us twice last season but yesterday they're I, a better side <laughs> than us okay um, I understand your point but yeah I mean it's just frustrating because I expected to get something out of that game and, and we didn't and it was down to our own faults I don't think Southampton obviously James Ward-Prowse is probably one of the best technicians in the league in terms of free kicks. And his two free kicks, there's nothing you can do about that. I'm in their top corner. But why we gave away, why Douglas got caught on the wrong side again and, and gave away the free kick when it wasn't that dangerous with Theo on the ball. Um, I can understand why he did that. The first free kick for their set piece uh, header, I mean, targets, the ball's gone and targets taken out his man. And I think six, seven times out of 10, that probably doesn't get given. And there was a foul throw with that as well. So it's just about luck as well. Where against Liverpool, obviously with the deflections, uh, we had the rub of the green. And I thought yesterday we just didn't have that bit of luck. And that's the difference sometimes in the league where you need something to go for you. And uh, as soon as we go 1-0 down, our heads did drop, I thought. So, yeah. So, I mean, you make a point there that, you know, we thought... I mean, I, I probably agree with you in terms of, I think... Villa and Saints are pretty evenly matched. I think where we're, we're looking back at the game, and I watched it again last night just to go over it again, just just get a different perspective. Because obviously, when you watch it again, it's different when you haven't got the emotions riding on the game. You know what's going to happen, and and I just thought 
I mean, in terms of overall quality, they weren't that much better than us. Obviously, Ward Prowse was a difference, but in terms of hard work and winning second balls, they just were so much better than us and, and so much well better drilled. Chad, do you disagree there with, with Jugsy about them not being the better side? I mean, obviously, they're a more established side and, and they've they've been probably more consistent than us overall in the last few years, obviously, cause given we've only been in the Premier League for a year and a bit. Um, I mean, do you, do you honestly think they're, they're, they're a much, much better side than us or do you think it was it was more than that? no. No, a little bit tongue in cheek, really. I'm, I'm not not too down on Villa. I'm quite similar in terms of thinking that it was one of those games, a very strange game of football. But I was worried about the fixture going into it. They've got some quality players. Um, defensively, they look they look solid, and I, I was worried that um, they were going to outwork us, out hassle us, and you know we didn't get the reaction we wanted after the Leeds game in the first half, and that's disappointing to be honest. Um, I was expecting us to, to, you know, we did start quite brightly first 10, 15 minutes and there were some positive signs, but to to sort of get overrun in midfield again like we did and not not work it out as quickly as we should have done. Um, it, you know, the, the first free kick, if you actually look at just before the, the foul on Walcott, we've got a flat five in midfield, literally a flat five. Louise isn't even sitting. Barkley and McGinn are looking to press... Louise is alongside them and they've got three in between mm. the lines directly be- yeah. behind them. And it was just so naive to, to let, um, I think it was Vestergaard, just step forward, pick the pass straight through between the lines and all of a sudden we're we're trying to recover and that's where Louise, okay, yeah, it's a naive, stupid foul to, to give them that opportunity from there. But I don't know why we're not set up with either one or two sitting in front of the back four at nil-nil um, in the first place, to be honest. Um so yeah, it was a bit tongue in cheek to say they're a better side than us, but you know, let's let's be honest, they're an established side with some quality players, and I think I think the last couple of last couple of games maybe I've brought us back down to earth slightly, but for me, there's still a lot of positives to take, and it's it's a really really weird feeling to come away from a game where you're four 0 down, and actually you think on another day we could have yeah. could have I mean, even I think won if that. the game on another five ten minutes then we probably would have won it, I think, the way it was going. It was a shame that we scored that first goal and there was such a there was such a space between the first and second goal. I think if we'd scored maybe five minutes earlier. Yeah, and yeah. if that first goal if that first goal comes a bit earlier, Trezeguet or Jack's header, I think we, we've got time to go and get a draw or, like you say, go and win it. It's the fourth goal that killed us. And again, we're a little bit naive on that. All hunting the ball, two passes, Walker's, Peters, yeah. Armstrong, and they're away. They're, they're breaking on us and... I think there's a lot, lot for us to learn, really, from the last couple of weeks. That hopefully, hopefully we will. Yeah, no, address. I think so, and and I, I completely get it. I'm not too disheartened at all, uh, mainly because of the way that we we finished the game. And obviously, some people might say, well, you know, Southampton took their foot off the pedal. But actually, I think overall, the overall play of the game, if you take away the free kicks, you know, the general play of the game, the first game, first half, I thought was uh, a pretty scrappy affair. And Southampton were the better side, don't get me wrong, but there wasn't much in it. You know, we we just weren't making anything count in the final third and, and made again some of the wrong decisions. But but the key was naivety again. Uh, you know, target going to ground, as you've said, cash. You know, I thought you know, I understand why he's handballed it because Walker's in behind him. But actually, if he, you know, if he just if he takes a step back and lets and faces up to Walcott, you know, he gives himself a chance. And he, you know, Cash is quick enough to to sort of be one on one with Walcott and try and maybe show him on the outside and make it hard for him. So from that perspective, it's it's naive. And, and we, you know, I'm sure before the game, Smith would have said, "Look, just don't give him any free kicks." You know, we, Jugsy mentioned on the podcast, we mentioned on the podcast before the game, free kicks are going to be key with their two centre backs and also Ward Prowse's ability. And 
ultimately that's what that's what's cost us this game and you know Danny Ings again I think Cash is a bit naive to show him on the ins- to show him back on his right foot you know you, you've got to be trying to show him down the left hand ch- left hand side you know shouldn't be getting back cutting back inside and letting him shoot um, it's just you know it's just poor play and and in terms of tactics as well you know well, Chad what do you make of, of Smith saying uh, you know uh, post match that at half time the players were concerned about the tactics and, and raised the point that actually Barkley should be playing number 10 we should be you know, McGinn should be sitting further back. Uh, uh, you know, and then and he yeah. disagreed with him. He said it was more, you know, it wasn't to do with tactics. It was just bad discipline by the players. Yeah, I think I don't mind that at all. I don't mind the players having an opinion. I think that's good leadership to to sort of not question the boss, but see if there's anything they can do proactively to to change things. Obviously, they're the guys that are out there. They're seeing it, but at the same time, you've got to trust trust Smith. He's the manager, but. You know, what Smith says publicly um, after the game, he's not going to come out and say, uh, the players question me tactically and I totally agreed with them, is it? He's going to come out and, and, and make his point. And I think his point was, all right, let's just win second balls first. Let's work a little bit harder. Let's let's make sure when we press, we do it together. All those little things that add up to um, the, the little small margins that count in the Premier League. I think that's the point he was trying to make. You can't you can't question things tactically if you're out there making stupid errors and being naive. You know, tactics sort of comes comes second really after work rate and getting making sure you're making sure you're putting in a shift. And I think we just didn't see that. We got outworked in the first half, and that that's a disappointing thing for me. Um, just just coming back to the free kicks. I think I know it's a, a really obvious layman's thing to say, but I've never understood why you don't have someone on the post. Obviously, I know, I know, you know, it plays everyone onside, etc. But for someone like Ward Prowse, from that distance, that is literally is not as good as a penalty. But he's doing, he's practicing that two hundred and fifty times a week. You know, he's probably scoring 80 percent of them. So at least the second time, let's have someone on the post. Let's work out that he's probably going to stick it there again, and we're probably safe for letting him uh, playing everyone onside and seeing what happens from there. And if you are going to not have someone on the post, can we please jump? You know, Mings didn't even jump. Um, if you actually break down the two walls that Martinez set up, I think two, maybe three of the players for the first free kick weren't even yeah. guarding the goal. They're outside yeah, they're, of the left-hand broke, post they're, they're for a right away footer. from the wall, didn't complete, they, almost? Yeah. But a complete waste of time. Their starting position was they were blocking outside of the post. Um, and then the shortest man, Cash, was the only one that was actually guarding the goal. So I think for me, some really basic individual things that let us down rather than too much tactically and too much that we should be questioning longer term on. It's just like like Jugsy said, just get, making sure we don't slip back into our naive naive ways, really, and just being a bit more street smart, which we all thought we'd, we'd um, become. Yeah. Do you guys think we're marking differently? Because for corners as well... We have Mings as the free man to go and attack the ball, and then everybody else, everybody no. else goes man for man. But well, for the free I, kick, it seemed that like we're going zonal, which was well. Odd, I watched which... it. I watched it back a couple of times, and for the free kick with the Vestergaard header, it seems like we've got a mix of zonal yeah. and man to man. So they had Mings, concert Cash, sort of zonal little area across the goal, and then they had Barkley uh, and McGinn man marking. And Barkley had Ings and McGinn had Vestergaard. So if you're going to, surely, surely we all know Mings or Conte should be on Vestergaard. But if you're going to have um, Barkley and McGinn as the two man marker, surely you swap and McGinn goes on Ings yeah. and Barkley. Yeah, I mean, goes we, on we, we've been doing yeah. that zonal, uh, zonal marking with, with a mix of man marking for a while now. 
to be honest. And it's worked for us because our set pieces, we've been so much better defensively. So I, I, yeah. I get it. I, I'm not too critical about that. I'm more critical about the execution of it, to be honest. As Chadzi has said, you know, you, you, if you're a player, you've got to use your bit, you know, a bit of street smarts and then realize what's going on in the game and realize, well, you know, McGinn's there. He's looking at Vestergaard. He's looking up at him. You can see the height difference, you know, make a change, make a different, like go to Barkley, Barkley, you have him. I'll have him, you know, just, just make a decision there on the pitch. The actual plan itself, I'm not, I'm not, not too concerned about because it's worked, you know, that give, having our tallest players yeah. and the best attacking headers, giving them a run at a header and clearing the ball out, it seemed to work for us. But the idea is that Barkley and McGinn are blockers, you know, they, they block the players, but it just, it just didn't work. I, I'm more concerned about giving the free kick away, to be honest. Um, you know, we, we, yes, I know you could say it was a foul throw, although looking back in the highlights, it was, um, you know, 50-50 whether it was a foul throw or not. But after that, there's, there's, there's so much gone on after that that you've got to defend it better. You can't let Walker-Peters run off the player and then for him to cross it in. You know, target's never getting there. For him to just dive in like that, I think is... is yeah, I mean, it's a bit soft, don't get me wrong, but it's not, he doesn't need to dive in like that. He needs to put a foot out. He's not, he's not, I don't understand why he's diving in. Uh, and it's just, I think that's more not upsetting, but more concerning than, than anything uh, from, from that perspective. But, you know, that was the first half and ultimately it did cost us. And even the second half, I thought we started the game well. You know, before they scored, we were in the ascendancy. We were, we were getting forward. We were looking quite dangerous. And even the commentators said, you know, it was against the run of play. And um, it was just a shame that fourth one went in. Um, and then after that, you know, you know, we looked so much better. And McGinn sat back with uh, Louise and we looked more assured. And I thought, you know, Louise got, definitely got on the wrong side a number of occasions again. Uh, and it's a bit concerning. But at the same time, I think he's not helped at all by the midfield uh, because he's he's left there isolated by himself all the time. And I, I don't really get it from, from Smith's yeah. perspective because the four two three one formations work so well for us. And... Yeah, yeah ex Liverpool exactly. And, and the, the teams that you want to play a 4-3-3 against are teams like Burnley or Newcastle, those types of teams where you need to be a bit more attacking. But against Leeds and and Southampton, where their midfield is key and, and the way they run off the ball and press is key, I think two sitting is so much more effective. And I, I just don't get why we reverted to the 4-3-3. It doesn't make sense. No, no, I agree with you because the Southampton wingers like to tuck in as well. So they do create that extra man in midfield where you think it's just a holding two midfield. It's not not at all. Armstrong plays off the right, but he's left-footed, so he, he pretty much tucks in. And Louise, to be fair, um, has had a couple of off games this season. He's not a natural defensive midfielder, really, is he? And, and two of our best performances this season, uh, obviously against better opposition in Liverpool and Leicester, came with McGinn helping Louise. It just makes us a bit more solid and um, we expect our fullbacks to attack and I don't, I don't think we've seen much of Matty Cash in an attacking sense since he's signed. So it's a case where we are quite dependent on that left-hand side all of a sudden and we do become Team Jack Grealish again, which is a bit yeah uh, frustrating because obviously we've invested uh, money in, in a couple of different signings to have us be a bit more varied in our attack. Um, obviously, Torore started the game, which I personally probably didn't agree with, and he was a lucky. Obviously, he came off injured, so you can't really judge his performance. And Trezeguet just made us look a better side, uh, just a lot more energy, a lot more pressing, and that's what you need in this league. Um, you got to press hard uh, to try and win that ball back. And another difference I thought with Southampton were they were very street smart and. In that transition, they were making fouls early, where if we looked like we were going to counter-attack them or get the ball quickly out to Jack, they'll make a foul. And the amount of fouls they made on Jack was like six or seven. And 
yeah, there's no yellow cards because they're just soft, easy fouls. And that's one thing that we we, we don't do is, is make that foul early enough where that that fourth goal... Yeah, Ming, um, Ming's going to Ming's Ming's, foul him, can't he? He should foul him. Yeah, yeah. When the Ming's, yeah, yeah, just take, take no, the I yellow. Didn't, I didn't get that. There's no harm there. There's yeah. no I danger. Mean, that, four, that fourth goal was them hurting us, how we sort of talked about how we could hurt them. You know, when, when they lose the ball, they... They don't fall back into shape. They sprint after it. Three or four guys just try and go and get it back. And we did that for that fourth goal. I can't, someone lost it. Walker Peters yeah. had it. And literally within, before you know it, we had five men around the ball. But they were good enough just to pass out two passes and they were gone, breaking at our back four. So, yeah, I do I do agree to an extent with Jugs that you need to press and you need to be aggressive defensively in, the, in this league higher up the pitch. But... Sometimes you don't have to. Sometimes you get back into shape when you lose the ball, um, work back and make them work hard to create the opening rather than letting Danny Ings run one-on-one at our, our back four after two passes. So I know we were chasing the game a bit, but um, I think we got sort of lost in between two different styles, if that makes yeah. sense, defensively. And um, it was yeah a bit frustrating. But just going back to Traore, Interesting that Smith picked him. And actually, I think his little cameo before he got injured, it was quite encouraging because there was a couple of times where he found himself centrally, um, sort of as the focal point, which allowed Watkins to drift wide. wide. And I think that gave us a slightly different perspective from an attacking, attacking viewpoint. You know, Trezeguet is not really technically good enough to go and hold the ball up as the main man up front. So that, that leaves Watkins sort of as definitely the sole sole focal point in the attack whereas Traore even though it's for a limited period of time he did go centrally and and shift things up slightly um very small sort of sample and case study for from 20-25 minutes but um I was absolutely buzzing for Trez on how he reacted and he, he came on played really well could have could have scored three or four and really proved to Smith that he, he wants to be a part of this team he doesn't want to be, yeah. be a bit yeah part no player. definitely I think um he was just really unlucky. You know, McCarthy made some excellent saves and Westergaard put an excellent block in and it's just one of those, isn't it? It doesn't go for you. Like against Liverpool, those those sorts of shots were deflecting in yeah. and going in and it's just unfortunate, yeah. you know, more than that. That's why I'm not too disheartened about it because we created a lot of, lots of chances. And, um, well, the XG, yeah. the XG, which um, if you take any notice of those sorts of stats, was 2.52 to 0. Yeah. 0.86. So they've... they've They've scored four goals, but their XG was yeah. actually less than one. You, you feel sorry, you feel um, sorry for Martinez just, a bit. Why it's such a strange yeah, game? Because Martin- not really, no. <laughs> the position the wall better for me. <laughs> no, I feel bad for him because he's he's come across some absolute world class shots, and you can't do anything about it. But yeah, okay, maybe. All right, fine. If you're being picky, maybe you could have positioned the wall better. But <laughs> I think that's harsh. But I. I Let's be honest, I don't feel yeah, sorry right, for any of them, enough, mate. Yeah. No, I, yeah, and I suppose they need to do better. And I think uh, the first five minutes really set the tone for me. I think Cash and Konza especially were very, very lackadaisical those first few minutes and seemed off it. Now, Konza especially seemed really off it. Didn't seem as quick as he normally is or as assured as he normally is. He seemed very sluggish to me. And, and he was like that most of the game, to be honest. Um, and it's a shame because he's been so good. Uh, this season so far, but hopefully it's a what, like I said, it's a one-off, and the second half hopefully gives me a bit of encouragement. If we'd lost four-nil and after losing to Leeds three-nil, then it's a real worry, and you and you, you, know, you do yeah. panic a little bit. But I think the fact that we came back into the game shows that you know, you know that that game last season we're, we're losing our four-nil, five-nil. You know, we're not we're not coming back into that game at all. But we we did manage to come back, and it, it was unfortunate. I think you know we had enough chance. We had ten what ten shots on target to so their four. 
Um, so it's just, you know, they, they haven't really had to work the keeper that much. I think Walcott had their other best chance, which again came from our midfield losing the ball. Uh, and that happened too often. Again, Louise lost the ball a couple of times. Barkley, you know, I, I was quite critical of him yesterday. I thought he was quite poor. I mean, from an attacking sense, he's one of our best players and he gets in really good positions. And I think he's so much better as a number 10 than he is as a number eight. But, albeit obviously we all champion him to to come in as a number eight. But I, I think on, on, on what we've seen so far, he's, he's much better number 10. But there were so many times where he lost the ball and didn't really put a shift in to get it back. And I don't know if that was him or whether Smith said, stay high up the pitch and let someone else win the ball back. I'm not really sure. So I can't be too critical of him because, you know, we don't, we don't know. But again, you know, that urgency and that intensity was was missing from the midfield. And, and I think all three, McGinn, Louise and Barkley were, were poor. Grealish again was, you know, again, was even though he was sort of marked out of the game a little bit in the first half, he still committed Kyle Walker-Peters numerous times. And I think he should have had a yellow card much earlier than, you know, in that first half. And and he was unfortunate to get one. Uh, but even then, you know, he stepped up to the plate. He made things happen. He created chances. And, you know, it's just one of those. I feel bad for him because... His numbers... Yeah, his numbers yeah. are adding up as well now, aren't they? Two assists and a goal. And, um, yeah, I thought he was at a superb again. It was, it, it was a little bit like like Juggsy said last season where we had to go to him for everything and uh, when it didn't come off you could see he was getting a little bit little bit frustrated um, but it is one of those days I think um, I know you can't keep saying that week in week out it's one of those days it's only two games on the trot we've had probably a bad 30-40 minutes in either of the last two weeks um, but at least this week we responded well we look like we're going to score goals the, the the goals we have conceded are things that we can tidy up and improve on. You know, they're pretty obvious errors that I'm sure they're going to work hard on. And, you know, when they watch you back on the video together, I think there'll be a few home truths told. So it's not like we're coming away from the game thinking, my word, we've been completely outclassed. We're, we're going to struggle this season. I think it's just a few bits and bobs that they really need to sort of tighten up. Um but we do look like we're, we're going to yeah, hold our yeah, own. Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, Leeds, I, I do think Leeds was a one-off and that's the that's the kind of team and they're the kind of team that will do that now and again. You know, they will just blow teams away because everything will go for them and they'll be on form, everyone will be firing and, and it's just one of those teams. It's very difficult to play against them when they're like that. Southampton, I think even, like we said earlier, you know, overall in the overall play, play of the game, I don't think we were that far off them, just weren't, weren't disciplined enough and weren't, uh, we didn't work hard enough, and I think those two areas you can you can definitely change. And we've shown already this season and towards the end of last season that we can we can improve on those things. So I'm not too concerned. I think looking forward now, Jugs. I mean, what I mean, firstly, what are your final thoughts on the Saints game, and also looking forward, how do you think we need to adapt and change to to be better against Arsenal? Yeah, I think we're just in a much better position this season, where we're not reliant on this eleven now. We've got a couple of good options off off the bench. So I was surprised not to see Keenan Davis get a go yesterday. I thought the game was sort of crying out for him the last 15-20 minutes. Where Watkins obviously struggled, I thought, again, uh, like he did against Leeds. And that's not really a knock on his ability or, or performance because that lone striker role is tough. And um, he wasn't getting much support in that first half especially. So, yeah, I'm not too damn beat because we've got options off the bench, which we didn't have last season. Last season was pretty much, that's the eleven that can do it and we've got no other quality that could probably make our team any better. Um, so, yeah, I think the Arsenal, looking ahead at the, at the Arsenal game, um, I think we'll be, that, that, that game will probably suit us a bit more. We'll play on the counter-attack. Um, Arsenal are a possession side and are quite solid as well, but I think we can get in behind them for sure. 
And um, yeah, just on sort of what I think we need to do differently, I would say, yeah, make sure McGinn's holding with Louise. I think most most teams in this league hold with two defensive midfielders at the minute. And that's the way the league's going because obviously how expansive and open the league is at the minute with the, with the teams. Um, so that's something that I would look to address straight away. Um, Trezeguet obviously will probably come in for Traore. Traore's probably carrying that injury. I don't think it would look like a bad, bad one. He might be out for a couple of weeks. Um, but maybe Keenan. I think Watkins has, has looked great for us and we can see why we invested so much in him. He's a goal scorer, but he does bring a bit more to the, to the game than, than just his goals. But for certain games, we just need to be a bit more adaptable. I mean, I think Keenan can bully the Arsenal defence and he, he might be worth a cameo or definitely a, a, a look into. I mean, he's not even had a sniff and we've played poorly in the last two games. So whether he's carrying an injury or not, it does address a well, it does raise a concern that we don't really much have much depth in that striker department if he's got much not much confidence in Keenan to come on for twenty minutes. So that does raise. Some yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm, I, yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about not concerned. Okay, concerned is probably too strong a word, but. I don't really get why he didn't come on and why he wasn't used. If he's carrying a knock or carrying an injury, then fair enough. But then I don't understand why he's in the subs bench. Surely you'll put Al Ghazi or someone on uh, as another option. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, I mean, Arsenal game. You know, they're they're again in good form, playing really well, looking good defensively. Uh, you know, press really well, have good shape about him, and 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 I think Thomas Partey, you know, especially has been a fantastic signing, and it's going to be a difficult difficult game for us but I just got this feeling with Arsenal game that it's a kind of team that we can do well against um maybe because we beat them in the last season it's probably a false sense of uh, security but we'll see Chadzi I mean what are your what are your final thoughts and, and what do you think about the, the upcoming game against Arsenal uh, yeah I mean it's quite similar to what I said last week after the Leeds game but let, let's not forget it's been a, a very good start to the season for us on the whole We've still got our game in hand and we sit seventh in the league above Arsenal, Man City, Man United, Leeds. So, you know, it's been a bad week for us in terms of results. But um, the bigger picture is that we've got a good squad now and we've got some good players. We look dangerous when we go forward and we have been generally in the last couple of months pretty solid defensively. So I know that's contrary to conceding seven in a week, but I do feel like it's fine margins and like I said earlier, things that we can easily improve. So I'm still feeling very positive about Villa, the season ahead and what we can potentially go on and do. But we do we do need to uh, basically sort of put a, put a lid on that, that potential naivety sneaking back in. Uh, looking forward to, to Sunday. Um, yeah, I'm a bit like you, Holmes. I've, I've got a good feeling about it. Um, Arsenal are a very different proposition to the team we beat last season. So maybe, like you say, that is a bit of a false sense of security. But I feel like we we will be better when we we have less of the ball, if that makes sense. And um, if we do play those two holding players in front of the back four and, and come all, all guns blazing with a point to prove, then I don't see why we can't go and get a result. So, um, yeah, it will, it will be a big test for us. You know, it's, if all of a sudden you lose three games on the trot, it's a bit of a issue creeping in and morale, momentum starts to become a bit of a concern. So, you know, I'd snap your hand off for a draw right now and um, looking forward to it, to be honest. It's, you know, with lockdown coming again, it's focal point of all our lives, isn't it? Just can't wait to watch yeah, the better again. I need to get back to winning ways as well. Um, but it's been, like I say, it's been a good start. Uh, we're not too downbeat about it at all, you know. Uh, I think if we'd, like I said, if, if that game had finished 4-0 or 5-0 or whatever, then 
it's a different proposition. But, you know, hopefully the lads have a bit of confidence going into the next game. And Smith has learned a few lessons as well. And, uh, you know, I think it was obvious to see what went wrong in that game. And uh, some of it's on the players, some of it's on the manager. Um, that's the way it works. You share you share that burden. Um, but, you know, we won't go too down with a with loss. We've just got to push on and move forward now. But yeah, we'll be uh, well. Thanks, thanks both for your for your time. Uh, much appreciated, and some interesting thoughts there. It's always good, I think. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes, just to take a day away from the game and just give it some thought and look back at it, and, and maybe even watch the game again with fresh eyes because it does give you a different perspective. But um, you know, we'll, we'll move on now, and uh, we'll be back uh, later on this week with another late night ramble uh, and preview the the Arsenal game, obviously, in a bit more detail. And then we'll be back with a review of the Arsenal game and hopefully it'll be a more positive result this time around. But again, thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing and listening. Uh, please do continue to interact with our channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, then please do. We're on all major podcast platforms. If you're on Apple, please re- leave a review and rating. If you're on Twitter, please follow us uh, at Villa Podcast or one word. Um, our YouTube video from last week's up, um, the Black History Month special, which was uh, really well received. So thank you for your feedback. Um, please let us know if you disagree with the top five um, but it'd be good to get your thoughts but apart from that thanks for your time thanks boys and up the villa cheers lads up the villa let's go boys I love it I don't know what I'm talking about.